Selling your car on cars.com is so easy. It's like the dealer is in your own backyard. It's all done in three simple steps. One, enter your car's details to get the best offer instantly. Two, confirm with a local dealer. And three, receive a check on the spot or use the value to trade in your car. Cars.com is magical. Click or tap to sell your car on cars.com today. Selling your car on cars.com is so fast. It's like the dealer is in your own backyard. Get the best offer instantly, confirm with the dealer, and the money's yours. Cars.com is magical. Tap to sell on cars.com today. Good morning, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. If you want to listen to or watch, I guess listen to, after the fact, you can go to falconspodcast.com. Let me put that up on the screen. Falconspodcast.com. And it will give you all the places you want to go listen to. Spotify, uh, Apple, all of those different things that you you want to do. iHeart. Uh, and while you're there, leave us, leave us a rating. You know, Let us know what you think. That helps us uh, find more Falcons fans and, and find more people just like you. Uh, my name is Scott Kennedy. I'm your host. And this is my friend, Nick Kendall, co-host. He is in Seattle. I am in Atlanta. So we are coast to coast on our football coverage this morning. And he is up awfully early today. How are you doing this morning, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. I had some early Christmas gifts arrive yesterday with the old school uh, Denver Bronco replica helmet in the background. So excited about that. And uh, pretty good. Tired. Um, I think I'm going to be putting up Christmas lights today because it's not going to be rainy for the first time in a rain slash snow for the first time in a bit. So hopefully not going to fall off my roof. You know, Chevy Chase Christmas vacation style, but uh, doing pretty well. <laughs> Well, good on you. I carry the bins in and out of the basement. That's my uh, that's my contribution. I'm like, I'm not doing that. If, uh, if you <laughs> want to, I'm not going to say I'm not doing it. That's too much freaking work. Holiday, you know, it, it's, I don't know. Vacation stuff shouldn't be work. That's a lot of work. Yeah, so, it is. As my dad uh, says. I want to get into it a little bit today. The, the topic of the day was uh, pending free agents. The Falcons have 28 free agents. You've heard me mention before that everybody on this team is either on a rookie deal or a one-year contract. And that includes a quarterback like Marcus Mariota, who does have a two-year deal, but it's basically a one-year deal with a club option when you're talking about just having a $2 million dead cap money, you don't have a contract. That means they can waive you and only you count $2 million against the cap. Falcons gave up $40 million in Matt Ryan. They gave up $30 million in Julio Jones. They gave up $20 million in Deion Jones. You think they're going to blink twice about waving a guy with a $2 million dead cap hit? No, 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 they're not. Um, so I want to go through some of these free agents and we'll talk at the, at the same time, we'll grade some of these guys and talk about who has performed and underperformed. But before we get into that, I want to, I want to look back at the Steelers game a little bit and just kind of on the season on a whole and talk about some guys that have overperformed. Uh, PFF pro football focus. I've mentioned before, you know, we, we talk about the who's grading the graders and it's hard to do a true national database when, You've got different people looking at different games because not everybody does looks looks the same way. I, I ran a national scouting team and I had guys that were star happy. You know, they they were like, "This guy's a four star." I'm like, "Dude, come on!" Uh, and then I'd have guys that were really really good players and they were tougher graders. Well, this guy might be a three, probably a high two. I'm like, "Well, if he was over in this area with this guy, he'd be a four and a half star." So it's it's tough. That said, I think the guys doing the Falcons do a good job. I, I I'm pleased with what I see. Based it, which makes me think that, okay, I don't have to watch everything. I can trust them to see, to, to grade these guys pretty accurately, uh, which, which I like. It's a nice resource to have. So that said, uh, Drake London came in as the number eight, number nine overall rookie this year for, uh, or this week for his work against the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he had uh, 12 targets on only 22 routes. He only ran 22 routes, but he had 12 targets on those routes. So not a bad day, a good showing for, uh, for Drake London. Yeah, he's been a good pick. Uh, I think he's a great scheme fit for what you guys are trying to do. Again, it wasn't my number one or even my number two wide receiver in this last class, but uh, given considering the physicality that you guys are looking for and the size, uh, he's, he's a great player. So I'm really curious to see what he does going forward. Uh, year one to year two, he's still exceedingly young. Um, one of the younger players in the last draft class, if I recall correctly. So uh, excited to see what he can do. That makes that makes sense. And the fact that he's 
stepping up. It's weird that he only had 22 routes run. I guess that's just a part of the Falcons low volume. The ball 30 attack. times. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's exactly you're 55 but, plays and you're running 30 and you run it 30 times. Yeah, but I can pass plays. And you know, if you're not in, if you're taking a breather or whatnot. So yeah, it's uh should be fresh. <laughs> yeah. And I can tell you just because, you know, all, he should be getting all these targets and catches because he's the only one out there who's healthy, you know, in terms of him versus Kyle Pitts. I can tell you watching the Broncos, that's not the case. We have Cortland Sutton out there who has one target for zero yards. Uh, granted, he missed the second half with a hamstring injury, but you know, the fact that he was even getting out there 12 targets and what 80 something yards in this game. I mean, that's what do you play about 25 snaps, but yeah. Yep. So, you know, he was, uh, he had a good game. He still kind of strikes me, but he's again, he's young. He's a rookie kind of strikes me as a number two, like a, like an out. You, you don't, you may have heard of these guys, but an Alvin Herp, Harper to Michael Irvin for the Cowboys. Uh, those, those dynasties, a John Taylor to Jerry Rice, a really good number, number two. Well, you want Kyle Pitts could be that number one. And I, and I think you still could use another dynamic pass catcher, someone with a little bit different skill set. Dare I say a Calvin Ridley type? That ain't, he's already been traded. We, I said forever that wasn't going to happen. Uh, that was never, ever, ever, ever going to happen. But someone with his skill set would, would fit well in this team, I think. A Jerry Judy in a third round pick, maybe. <laughs> Might. See, I, I'd rather build around an explosive vertical speed threat kind of guy. Like the ideal fit for me on this team would be a Will Fuller. On the just stretch, just stretch it out a little bit because to, yes. to loosen up the box. Some I just think 100%. somebody that can some run after the catch make you miss guys, but those they're different. Their run after the catch ability is I can break a tackle. Yeah, you know Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London is I can I can beat a corner eye out way by 45, 50 pounds. Let's say good morning to some folks in the chat. Uh, Michael Rankio coming in nice and early. He says good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Good morning, Michael. And AE has come in early too as well. Good morning, good morning. RC Plane Builder has uh, come in. He says Lorenzo got to stay. We'll get to him because I think he's actually number one on the list of the pending free agents. I think he is the highest paid pending free agent. So um, do you want to keep your highest paid free agent for what Lorenzo Carter has done so far this year or not done so far this year? We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Dom Jaramillo coming in. So good morning, Scott and Nick and Dog Nation. We got Ohio State. Bring it on. That should be a fun game. Should be a fun game. I saw Atlanta Journal-Constitution may have been Mark Bradley, who's got to be 80 years old by now because I was reading him when I was a kid, a columnist, when columnists used to run the papers. Um you know, talking about that being the championship game. I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, Michigan beat the hell out of Ohio State. That's not the championship game. I mean, Michigan is legitimately in this thing and they won their, their conference championship. Let's, let's not, let's not look past the Wolverines here. I mean, they're, they earned it without a doubt. It's not even just, oh, if they do good, no, they earned it. They earned it. Rob coming in. Good morning, gents. Happy hump day to you as well. And Kevin, first one in on Facebook. Appreciate you coming in. The likes are starting to come in. Jake Arthur has come in. James is in the house. And Kevin has come in as well. Thank you for hitting that like button. One more thing on PFF grades I want to get to because it will tie into our uh, talk about free agents because one of the highest, well, I'm not going to give it away yet, but we talked about Chris Lindstrom and asked the question last week, is he the best offensive lineman in the NFL? And we talk about, you know, the worth, the, 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 ta- the tackle versus guard. And he was graded just a little bit under uh, Worfs, but he was, let me see where I've got this. Was it, was it Worfs year. or was it Trent Williams? Trent Williams, I'm sorry. Trent Williams yeah. hadn't played in, you know, he's only played nine games. But now... Lindstrom has pulled even with him at 93.8 after another 95. He is tied with Trent Williams as the highest graded PFF lineman in the entire NFL. Is Chris Lindstrom the best offensive lineman in the NFL? He's in the discussion. Yeah, He is in the discussion. He has been really, really good, Nick. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. It's been a pleasure to watch him in contrast to the right guard play of my Iowa Hawkeyes and the guard play of the Denver Broncos. So he's been incredible uh, this season. Pay the man. Um, He's going to get a Quentin Nelson level contract. This is one reason that you probably talk about uh, bringing in a rookie cost controlled contract because then you can overpay on the offense, overpay quote unquote on the offensive line a little bit. Uh, The budget works out that way. This was also one of the conversations about the, 
drafting two offensive linemen in the same cycle is that it puts you in a weird position when both these guys hit uh, drafting two offensive linemen in the first round in the same cycle puts you in a weird position of paying these guys at the same time if they both are relative hits or big hits. But I mean, Chris Lindstrom, he's he's the straw that stirs the drink. Well, maybe not, but on the offensive line, he's the straw that stirs the drink. You can't let him walk. He's incredible. Well, yeah, he, he's got his fifth-year option is picked up next year at $13 million, which is a good chunk of change for a guard yeah. that's going to put him, you know, high one of the more highly paid guards, top 10 for sure. Jake Matthews is on a $34 million cap hit. I think the highest, often, highest paid offensive lineman this year was a 21, and it was like Garrett Bowles at the time. So almost a 50% increase. They will likely restructure that to a certain extent. I'm almost hoping they don't. But if you move that forward, if you can just stomach that and and get out, get your flexibility back for 2024, then you can pay him. Between the two guys, Jake Matthews and Chris Lindstrom, you've already got $46 million tied into your cap next year. And you still have the second most cap space available in the NFL. Yeah. So the money's there is what I'm trying to say. Chris Lindstrom's going to get, you can give him Quentin Nelson money yeah. at $20 million a year. You can. You can make him one of the top five highest paid offensive linemen, one of the top two or three guards, and not have it negatively impact your your uh, salary cap. Yep, 100%. He's been incredible so far this season. He's going to get paid, and he deserves it. I'm curious. And we got Kevin Mapp coming in here, rocking the Southern Miss logo, saying Lindstrom is top five for sure. I mean, it's hard to argue. Um, he's definitely... Definitely one of the best offensive linemen. I can't think of many guards right now that you definitively take over what he's playing. But he's he's entered his name in the upper echelon of the guard play without a doubt. I mean, the Quentin Nelsons of the world, the Zach Martins of the world, the Joel Batinios of the world. I mean, he's he's got a case against every single one of them or with every single one of them. And we got Joe Cannon coming in, always changing the profile picture here. Joe says, great morning, Scott and Nick. Good to see you, Joe. We appreciate you. Um, we also got Chris Walker coming in saying, good, good morning, guys. Totally agree about needing another wide receiver. Zacchaeus is a three on his best day and a four on most days. You just need to diversify the passing portfolio of this team. Mm -hmm. It's not as imperative as improving on the defensive side of the ball, you know, getting the types of bodies and athletes that you need to compete in the league, which this Falcons team lacks overall on the edge cornerback position, maybe another defensive lineman as well, but another wide receiver would definitely help. Do you invest in that before you have the quarterback that's worth investing around? That's a debate. You already have those two big investments in Pitts and London. I guess you could. I mean, if you get to have a good chance at a good player, then you go for it. But I, I agree with you completely. And there's some options out there. I really like, so you don't have to use a first round pick in this upcoming draft on Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, uh, but maybe somebody like Zay Flowers uh, from Boston College. He's an explosive deep play, you know, smaller, but like he's down the field ability and dynamic in that way. Chris Walker coming in. Love the new profile pick, Chris. He says, good morning, guys. Totally agree about needing a wide receiver. Zacchaeus is a three on his best day and a four on most days. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, you know, if we remove, if we lump in Kyle Pitts as a pass catcher, he could be a legit number one. Um, but again, I'd like to have a little diversity in my attack. I, I'd like to have some some downfield speed in there. Um, Pitts can run. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's a four four guy. Uh, but it's different. There, there's different types of four force when it comes to straight line speed. Ryan Adonis comes in. Uh, welcome. That's kind of a newer name. So welcome in. Appreciate you being here and jumping in the chat with a great question. Do we really need to pay a guy that much for a guard spot? That's a, that's a, gr a great question because do you, again, it is a guard. We talk about position of value and my, thought on this Ryan typically would be you know no I, I agree with you no but Chris Lindstrom was drafted as a Falcon he's still just 25 years old we're talking about one of the, the best offensive linemen in the NFL period that I've I've also said and I don't want to go back on this that when we're talking I usually talk about it with draft picks but I'll talk about it with with money too is game changers don't have positions don't have positional value a game changer is a game changer is a game changer, right? Is Chris Lindstrom a game changer for this team, for this offense? Yes. You don't have, if you were to do a five-year deal, you wouldn't have big quarterback money coming in, you know, unless you go out and do a, a Lamar Jackson type of deal where you're going to give a guy $50 million. So you can 
build up the infrastructure around him. And the money's already there. That was kind of my point on this, Nick, is the money's already there. You've got $46 million tied into Jake Matthews and Chris Lindstrom next year. And you still have the second most cap space available. So if I spread that out more balanced like it should be, even 20 and 20, Matthews is overpaid at 20, I know. 20 and 20, you're saving $6 million and you've got a 25-year-old guard locked up for the next five years of his career. And he's been good. He's been good. This isn't a flash in the pan. Yeah. So I'm with, I'm, I'm yes. I'm, I'm a yes on this one, Ryan, but I think it is absolutely worth, worth asking. And that's, that's a great question. And I think also for this uh, Arthur Smith scheme, that's so predicated on the run game and getting explosive runs that uh, investing on the offensive line is a, the way to go. Uh, keep it going there. So I'd pay him, no doubt. And also, if you're curious, I mean, what do you say? $13 million next year? If you want to, I know we disagree. I'm not disagree. I'm, I'm not against you on this, but let's say it comes down to it. McGarry says, no way in heck I'm signing anything. And you do tag him. You can do a Chris Lindstrom contract where his cap hit is actually lower next season. Um, and then you can kind of push that salary aside uh, for McGarry. And I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah uh, earlier this week, and he talks about teams don't really view the individual contracts of these players as much as, as they do the positions on the team. So you think we have this amount of money for the offensive line. We have this amount of money for whatever position, the quarterback. I mean, so if you are paying so little, also you can move things around if your quarterback is super cheap. So I think it's definitely an option. If you do pay him, you're probably on that rookie quarterback contract uh, plan. And given where the Falcons are right now, they might have to, make that move, make a move this season for that kind of guy, because you got to worry that you're heading towards nine and eight, eight and eight, eight and nine territory without the quarterback improvement. If Ritter's not the guy, um, but definitely, I think it's, it's definitely a great question because I'm not mm-hmm. a big guard guy, it, uh, but it's worth it's, asking. It's worth yeah. asking for sure. Chris Walker comes in. I want to hit this one first though, because uh, I give Dimitrov so much crap that, you know, I, I do want to give him credit to try and at least somewhat fair, Recognize your own biases. My bias is I think Dimitrov was criminally negligent in how he wasted this team. Uh, That's a bias of mine. I'll let you know straight out. But he says, keep in mind, Lindstrom was drafted and signed by Dimitrov. So that explains the backloading of his contract. No, his contract is slotted. So that is his his contract escalates next year because that's just a standard fifth-year option. So Chris Lindstrom's contract right now is just a standard rookie contract for his spot in the draft. What happens next is up to Terry Fontenot so, and, and Arthur Blank. <laughs> so um, the, the, the backloading on this contract is based on where he was drafted. It, it doesn't really have anything to do with, uh, with that one. And Kevin agrees. Is you absolutely have to re-sign Lindstrom. And again, there's, there's part of this, Nick, in the fandom is, you know, when you start letting, okay, we've got the best offensive lineman in the NFL. We're going to let him walk. That's, that's a bad, that's a, that's a, there's PR involved here. <clears throat> you know, there, there is. Um, Chris asks, realistically, is Dalman or Hennessy the answer at center? So Matt Hennessy, who grades really well on PFF after I just gave him all the, the plaudits. He's, he, he graded well last year on PFF. The eye test told me differently. In his one start this year, he's graded really well. My eye test told me differently. Dalman uh, is in his first year at center that he's a second year player. He was a fourth round draft pick out of Stanford, I believe, and won the starting center job in, in, in camp, excuse me. Um, and hasn't been very good at the point of attack. Um, you know, someone mentioned, I, I think I saw on Twitter as I'm, you know, live tweet. I don't, I don't live tweet the game. I think that's annoying. Uh, you know, the play I'm watching the damn game. I don't need your play by play. You're muted. You know, give me a comment on the big plays. I'm interested. But it was like, my, someone's like, my God, uh, Chris Dahlman just got blown five yards into the backfield off the snap of that ball, forcing whichever running back had it to be go wide. Um, I retweeted that one. I just said, I've, I've got this saved in a text file so I can just copy and paste it when I want to tweet it to save time. Can he get better? Sure, he can. Am I going to trust those two at my center position going into next season? No, I'm not, Nick. I'm looking to upgrade. 
I haven't done enough of a deep dive on both of these guys to have a very strong opinion on that. So I will say that I'm very much putting in this comment that I can change my take on it. If I go back and do a more of an individual scouting on these players, but from a team building perspective, if you are going to allocate a bunch of resources to left guard and Chris Lindstrom to right tackle Caleb McGarry, you have questions at left guard. You, it might make the most sense to run it back with Dalman and Hennessy for one season just because they are both super young, cost-controlled, and in theory, should be improving. Now, we just talked about how much Chris Lindstrom is a plus, one of the best guards in football. That means that he's helping uh, these players, and they're still struggling uh, at the point of attack in some of their assignments. Mm. But I think that given the other areas, if one becomes a parent, uh, obviously available to you in the draft, and he's your guy, and you love the fit, and you can see him for the next 10 years being your center, absolutely. Go for it. Don't don't let... Uh, average players keep you from upgrading but i don't think it's something where it's like hell-bent on improving this season if uh, if it's not obviously apparent because you have young cost controlled guys on their rookie contracts that are in controlled for hennessy one more year dalman two more years uh so that's just overarching opinion obviously they've been weak spots on the line but i think you can have one spot that is okay out there uh especially considering we have a question mark at two of the spots uh yeah, two of the spots going in next year with McGarry at right tackle and uh, left guard position in general. Uh, Dave says, give these guys some time to work with that under underrated O-line coach. This is their second year with these guys. <laughs> um, and and that's the thing. And, and I agree with Nick. And I'm not saying go into free agency, but I would draft a center. I would look to use, I think the Falcons have a pair of third rounders. Uh, let me let me look it up real quick. But I would, I would very, very... Uh, the Falcons are up to the number 10 pick in the NFL draft at five and eight, and they've got a third, a fourth and a fourth. Um, so, so I would consider looking at that third at 74 uh, at 113 and 123. And then really at the top of the fifth round at 142, I would strongly be looking to bring in another center. And so, so you know, I, I may have Dalm, um, Dalman again next year. Okay. But, do I, am I going into that without address? Am I going into the offseason thinking I'm good at center with those two? No, I'm not. I'm looking to upgrade that position. I'm going to, I want to do it for cheap, but I'm, I'm, I'm not. Um, let me see here. There's one more question. It says, Good morning, fellas. Who are going to be the higher end alignment entering free agency this offseason? Good question, Kenny. Uh, Kenneth Booker coming in. Cause we're going to, we're going to get to one here just a minute. So let's um, let's get to the topic at hand, which was, uh, you know, buy or sell, you know, or hello, goodbye. However you want to say it. The Atlanta Falcons have 28 free agents pending The number one, you know, we're going to talk about, should they be back or should they, should, should they be let go? Should we let them walk? Um, Cause there's going to be money available and there's going to be a lot of open spots. Um, number one on that list, and I clicked off it because I'm a moron, um, was, uh, was Lorenzo Carter edge. Uh, he is on three and a half million dollars. He is 26 years old. He'll be 27 next season. Um, what do you think, Nick? Should he stay or should he go? I think he's been a pretty average player this season uh overall and for the expense has not been great now granted it's going to be a bump because of the position he plays in general i do like the versatility uh scott will roll his eyes at this but a football football coach term buzzword these days simulated pressures falcons have done some of that and lorenzo carter's ability to rush fake or... blitz to you and i there's got to be something more nuanced to it i got to get it in a coach's ear about this um maybe <laughs> awesome mr Pease, excuse me um but uh the his ability to drop into coverage and play in space on top of the ability to rush is super valuable and versatile in uh, today's NFL. So I'd be interested in bringing him back. I'm not looking to overpay him. I think the biggest question you have here in this regard is that how do you feel about Ebiketti and Malone going into next season? If you think those guys are ready to take the next step and you are potentially positioning yourself to take an edge early in the draft, which at 10 overall, makes sense. You're not going to get a Will Anderson there, but there's going to be some edge talent there available. I would assume um, you never know. They could fly off the board. They could be, you know, three of the first five picks, but uh, that's the big question. I would do it. If it's a, it's a fair deal. I'm not going to look to pay him any more than he got this season. 
that's where I am on this. I'm like, okay, you know, he hasn't he hasn't been great as a starting edge. You're like, okay, you know, he hasn't been a huge upgrade over what we had in Dante Fowler last year. He's a hell of a lot cheaper than Dante Fowler, though. More versatile. Uh, I click on sacks. He's got three and a half sacks, 41 tackles, made some big plays. Um, has never quite lived up to the athleticism that he's had in there. But at three and a half million dollars, if I bump him to four, local kid, I think he played at Norcross, Peachtree Ridge, somewhere in there. I think it was Norcross. Um, he's he's that's good backup money, and he's an excellent backup. He would be an excellent backup. He'd go from a, a starter a cut rate starter at three and a half million dollars to a good backup, a good number, number of the edge, um, a good number three off the edge. So yeah, I would definitely consider bringing him back um, depending on what he does off of there. Uh, I don't think he's going to get any, any big money deals, No, but three and a half to $4 million. I'd be okay with that. I wouldn't want him to be my starter next year. I, I would hope to upgrade with the draft picks and uh, free agent money. I'm going after a number one. I'm going, yeah. I'm going after a number one at edge. That's going to be maybe my top priority other than quarterback in the off season, but yes, bring him back. Lorenzo Carter on a, on a, on a good deal. And just to add one more point on that, I think you can find yourself a Lorenzo Carter in free agency. If a type of him, uh, if he prices himself out, I don't think I'm looking to overspend on him at all. If he's gets, you know, 5.5 million per year over, or six million per year over three, four years, I'll find somebody else. Uh, because yeah. I think the way this team is set up right now, you do have two young guys that I like a lot. But again, you need to first go, I think, go after a primary edge rusher in a one if there is. And somebody asked, do you know about the offensive lineman in the upcoming class, the edge rushers? Honestly, I don't because I don't pay attention until the cuts happen because the market changes so drastically. And I get really sad seeing, oh, all these guys are going to be free agents. Half of them sign before the league year opens because they're the good players. Um, so I typically don't get dig into the free agents until they're official. Uh, but I would go after a 1A. If you can't get Carter, then you can probably find somebody with his skill set slash production ability on similar prices as he is right now. So PFF did a top five pending free agents at every position. Uh, and the, the the dude at Indianapolis wasn't on it. I can't I can't remember. Ngakwe. He, he, he wasn't on it. I'm like, that surprises me a little bit. All he does is pile up eight to 10 sacks a year. Uh, but it was Marcus Davenport, Saints, Jadavian Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Justin Houston, um, Charles Omenihu, 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 as the top five. I'm like, I'd be interested in Ngakwe on that list. There, there wasn't anybody on there that really made me go, yeah, I've got to have it. So I'm, I'm looking at the draft again on that. Um, and a three to four year contract, Ryan, on this one, he has made some big plays been a little inconsistent on this and I don't think you have to a three or four year contract would be that'd be fine with not a lot of guarantees then they're just club options which mm -hmm. I'm okay with he might not be okay with that yeah is the thing because if he has Especially a big year then I, I want out and then you're talking about a holdout from that um Lindstrom had a uh had a, a younger brother that came out last year and Alec. who was mentioning him here. I said, I wish we'd sign him for the practice squad. Now I can't find it. It was Michael, Michael coming in this morning. Good morning, Michael. So morning boys. I wish we'd pick up Lindstrom's uh, little brother for the practice squad. Wouldn't mind it. I, uh, I definitely wouldn't mind it. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you coming in. Um, Kevin asks a question. He says, since we have a ton of money in draft picks, is there a side of the ball to focus on one or the other? And uh, I, I've got an answer for this one. Uh, Nick, I'll let you go first. He's fine. Um, you're talking about Alec Lindstrom. Let's see about that. But as far as the money and the draft picks, is there? you just got to get good players on this team. I think there are areas that obviously you don't want to uh, spend on. Like I wouldn't pay big money for a tight end personally in this upcoming class with Kyle Pitts. Or, yeah, this upcoming draft class. But get good. And I also wouldn't pay big money for a linebacker. That's another one. That's just more of a philosophical thing for me and probably safety. But um Definitely, you want to focus, just get good players on this team. If you want to be even better on the offense, that's great. If you want to pay on the defense, that's fine. But I don't think the Falcons are at a point where they should be limited uh, in those options. And depending on what type of good player you can bring in here, then you pivot elsewhere. But you don't want to be like, okay, I want to pay the best cornerback on the market. Well, what if the best cornerback doesn't want to sign with you, but the best edge rusher does? So definitely different directions you can go with that. That said, Kevin, I'm going defense. I think the defense needs the biggest upgrade in talent. However, quarterback. 
depending on what you do at quarterback. This quarterback so is a million dollars. If you you might need to use a first round draft pick on a quarterback, you might need to use a couple first round draft picks on a quarterback if you want to get into the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. And then you're talking about the money and the draft picks going to the quarterback position. So that all depends, which is why this next month is going to be very interesting, hoping that Desmond Ritter gets a start. And then, like I've said before, they may already know. You know, they're they're with him every day. They they may already know, hey, this this isn't going to be the guy. I've been around this game a long time. This isn't going to be the guy. They may already know. We don't. I'd like to see it. I I, I liked what I, I really like what I saw from Desmond Ritter in the preseason and, and at the Senior Bowl. I, I'd like to see him play these next four games uh, to get an idea of what you need to do because – if you're okay at the quarterback position, then you can pour a lot of those resources into the defensive side of the ball and or best player available. If, you know, a star wide receiver falls in your lap, okay. Um, but the defense is what's hurting the most. It's mm-hmm. it's It lacks depth. It lacks talent among their starters. It it needs an influx of resources. I mean, the top two, the, the, the last two draft picks have been both pass catchers. Um, there's been not much put in a second round, two second round picks, I guess, with Richie Grant, who's been meh improving and, and Troy yeah. Anderson. Um, after that, an Arnold, an Arnold and I'm sorry. So it has been good. So there's been a little bit, but not the high end there. There hasn't been the, the top 10 picks going into that. You've been putting those into, uh, blockers, uh, at the, we've been put, we've been putting those into outside edge blockers otherwise known as wide receivers and tight ends. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Michael asks, who's the top uh, five corners on that list? Jamal, Jamel Dean, Tampa, James Bradbury, Philly, Cam Sutton, Pittsburgh. He played well. Patrick Peterson's got to be 60 uh, at Minnesota. Jonathan Jones and then uh, honorable mention are Marcus Peters and Byron Murphy Jr. Um, next on the list is your friend and mine, 27, soon to be 28 years old. Look, there's another thing. They were drafted in the same class. And McGarry's two years older than Chris Lindstrom. Yeah. Uh, 28 years old, pending free agent. He's on two and a half million dollars buy or sell. I think you got to buy. I think you got to find a way to bring him back. Um, He's been playing good football. And let me tell you guys, there are just, what is there, 64 starting tackle spots? There are only about... 28 tackles in the NFL that teams are happy with right now. Maybe, maybe let's say 28 to 36 tackles that people are happy with. And McGarry is one of the tackles you should be happy with. The fact that you have two, I think is a huge bonus. There's teams who don't have one right now. So uh, I think you bring back McGarry. It definitely gets more complicated investing that much in the offensive line. Uh, if you're trying to upgrade the quarterback position, you do, I think you paint yourself somewhat in the rookie quarterback or bust situation with the contract. But because Matthews would make big money, Lindstrom's going to make big money, then McGarry on top of it. But you also don't let good players go at premium positions, especially for an ascending team like the Falcons. This isn't a team that needs to be torn down and reset. You're a team that's gearing up to make a run. So I think you got to bring him back. Um, Guess where he is now rated among tackles by PFF after uh, a good showing last week. Guess what, what number tackle he is on PFF. Caleb McGarry, right tackle. Uh, subject of much angst and scorn prior to this year. I'm going to go number nine. Five. Number five. He is wow. the fifth rated offensive tackle in the National now, Football League by Pro Football Focus, making him the one, two, the, the ninth overall with an overall grade now of 84.3. His run blocking. His third, the top two, two of the top three run blockers, Chris Lindstrom, and number three, Caleb McGarry. Now, part of that scheme as well. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, and, and and some good coaching and what they're being asked to do, without a doubt. Part of it's Caleb McGarry improving, yes. you know, and which is also coaching and scheme. That's good. So, yes, do what do you need to do on this? Um and Kevin says to the point was why why did it take this long? You're 28 years old. I know because you've got a chance to go from a million and a half to 15 million. You got a chance to 10x your your salary. I don't. He doesn't strike me as someone who would who never tried. You know, like you know, I never thought there was an attitude problem in there or anything. There was just kind of an ability problem in there. Um, so 
yes, you are approaching him with a contract. Absolutely, 100%. Will you be able to get it? Um, he's listed as the number four pending offensive tackle free agent in the NFL by PFF. He's going to have some suitors out there. He's a suitor of uh, 15 there. I was like, hey, Nick looks like he's falling asleep on me while it's going. No, let me let me break out the old oh, brother. Where art thou? Um, Great movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you've you've got to yeah. approach him for a, another contract. So he's he's to. definite on a buy. Yep. Uh, Michael Ranquillo asked, which Falcons player was selected for the 2023 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award nominee? Chris Lindstrom. We go back to the guy who we want to go ahead and pay $20 million a year to as a guard. And like I said, it matters to fans. This is a guy on here. Um, yep. And Ryan Adonis says, let's remember, McGarry had to block for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has made Quentin Nelson look bad with Ryan's lack of mobility. And, and some of that is scheme too. Uh, you know, I watched... A safety walk up into the A or B gap, whichever one comes first. I don't know. The gap between the center and the guard. And it was on the, 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 the it was between Nelson and the center. A safety, you know, a four or five guy at worst walks right up and shows blitz, simulated pressure, except it wasn't simulated this time. He took off. Yeah. Those two parted. I mean, he had five yards on either side of him. He had a 10 yard gap to walk with a straight shot right at Matt Ryan. I'm like, it's it's hard to put that on Matt Ryan. And I think you know, Sam Ellinger was sacked like 12 times. He is mobile, you know, in his, in he started two games was Owen two, and he got sacked lots too. That offensive line has regressed in a, mm -hmm. in a big way, but I, I get it. Um, Matt Ryan held onto the ball a little bit. We got into the discussion. I've got into a discussion about, well, sacks is a good metric of uh, how to grade offensive line. I'm like, not necessarily that, that a lot of sacks can go on the quarterback where they don't mind taking a sack, trying to extend a play. But yes, I'm buying on Kayla McGarry. Offer him a contract. It's going to be a little expensive. And that's what I don't like, Nick, is like when we're trying to build the team, I want to invest in new players. I don't want to use up all my resources on guys I already have. That doesn't make me better. But losing someone like this would probably make me worse. Yeah. Number and three got... on this one, Alameda Zacchaeus. Uh, his uh, option was picked up. He got a tender, I forgot what they call it, about five minutes before the Russell Gage signing to Tampa Bay was announced two and a half million um, wide receiver. He has, let me see where he is. He's probably the leading receiver right now. Alameda Zacchaeus rushing and receiving. He's got 478 yards receiving just behind Drake London who passed him uh, 32 receptions, 478 yards and two touchdowns for uh, two and a half million dollars. I'm, he's one of those ones where you look to improve it. Uh, if you can, I'd be okay bringing him back. But again, I don't think he's enough of a difference maker where if you, you can probably replace the production for somebody similar if you don't like what he's asking for or if what another team uh, offers him. He's not a building block player. Uh, would love to have him back. Don't get me wrong. But again, I think you can probably shuffle in a similar skill set, similar player, uh, maybe somebody who fits a a different type of skill set. You talk about you want to bring in, you know, the shifty guy who beats man coverage. I think Zacchaeus can play some slot and do some route running stuff if you get a vertical guy, but maybe that's not what you're looking for. So um, I, I'd be happy coming in back, but it has to be the right price. I like the value. Michael says I like Oz, but I think with a better QB, he'll do better. I like him too, and I like him at two and a half. I, I just don't want my two and a half million dollar guy to be my number two receiver. Yeah, I, I I don't mind spending that money on on Oz. He's he's worth that, but mm -hmm. I want him to be a four at two and a half million dollars. Yep. Uh, he might get a better deal than that because he's shown he could go be the Houston Texans number two, and they might be willing to pay him some more. So I would just want to. I don't want to spend two and a half million dollars on my four unless it's a rookie. Yeah, on my my number two receiver. I want to put a little bit more into that, and I, I want a little bit more from my number one, my number two receiver than than what I'm going to get from. From Zacchaeus. No offense to Zacchaeus. I think he's played his role incredibly well. And I think he's got a spot on this team as the fourth wide receiver, mm -hmm. not the no, number two. So he's earned his money. Yeah. He's worth bringing back. But if it comes down to it, uh, it's it's Oz and two and a half, or I need that two and a half to go pay eight and a half to someone else. Sorry, Oz. I, I, I got to go get this other guy. And then you um, use around three so or four expendable. Pick. Yeah. Then you he's can use around three or four he's pick. Earned it, yeah. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Good value, but I, I do think he's expendable. Uh, Isaiah Oliver, who's just still just 26 on two and a half. 
signed a one-year deal coming off that injury. Slot corner, 26 years old. He's at 2-4. Give him five over two years or six over two years with that last year being hardly guaranteed. Don't say one million dead cap hit to move on from him. I think you do it. I think it's going to be hard to turn over the entire cornerback room. I really like his size from the slot. I think he's found a home in the slot. Uh, so I'd be interested in him. Name it a little bit biased because I really enjoyed watching his tip film coming out of Colorado a good bit. Um, a few years ago, man, they had um, Awuzuri. No, not Awuzuri. I can't remember the name of the cornerback. Chidobi Awuzie. That's who it is. And uh, Isaiah Oliver in the same backfield out there in Colorado. Colorado football going to be fun again. But uh, I think that uh, I would bring him back for something similar to that. Just because you you need four, four or five good cornerbacks that you feel comfortable with, given injuries. And he's a solid one. Isaiah Oliver has not come uh, from for me. He's not 100% back from his knee injury. He yeah. he was he started the season on injured reserve and got in maybe week five or week six. So you're not getting the best out of Isaiah Oliver. If you can get him back, you got him for two and a half this year. If you can get him back for similar money in the slot next year, three, three and a half. Yes, yep. do it. I want to see him come back because next year, I think he can play at a higher level than he was playing last year before he got hurt familiarity with the scheme hundred percent back from injury. He's still just 26 years old. He'll start the season at 26 years old. So he started this season at 25. Yeah. I, 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 I'd be real interested in, in bringing him back as well. Uh, yeah, Patrick Wilsey coming in. Uh, good morning. You're up nice and early. Uh, our lion coffee sponsor drinking, drinking this. So check out lioncoffee.com. Uh, Patrick sends us some coffee and we're happy to give him a shout out because the coffee's God great bless him. and he helped us out. Um, so where was I on that before I got coffee distracted? Um, you're talking just about Isaiah Oliver. Yes. I yep. would, I would be approaching him with another contract. Rashawn Evans leading tackler, uh, 27 years old, 1.75. Nick, I feel like this one is kind of in the same vein as what I was talking about. Zacchaeus. Yep. He's a, he's good value, but at some point, I'm going to have more money. I don't have to shop in the 1.75 bin. I can go get me, maybe get a three or four. Can I get an upgrade on him? It'd be a position that I would be looking to upgrade some um, or maybe turn over to Troy Anderson and use that money somewhere else. But at 1.75, I still like him on the roster. I'd try and bring him back. I think he's been good value as well. I think this is more of a Mikhail Walker question than it is a Troy Anderson. Troy Anderson needs to be put in a situation to be starter next year. Question is, do you like Evans more than Walker next to him going forward? If you think that Walker's the guy instead, then you probably let Anders, uh, let Evans walk. Well, I don't think Michael's going anywhere. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think Walker's going anywhere. I think he's got a spot. Well, then then I think you let Evans walk. Because he's, he's, he's different. He's good in coverage, and he's he's not your, your, your going forward thumper. Uh, and, and as Dave says, <clears throat> were Evans making those tackles, or does it matter? You know, again, he's not making a ton of plays. He's doing a job. Um, there's not a lot of difference making tackles in there. I thought Foye Luakon played better than they're going to, he's, you know, he's got a ton of tackles. Um, not maybe not quite as many as a Luakon, but he's got 134 tackles with four games left. He'll probably finish with 180. Okay. Well, so did Alex Singleton, you know, yeah. and he was, he was a, picked up as a, you know, a, 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 a nothing free agent to be a special teams guy. It's a design tackles, scheme. Tackles aren't a great, you know, if you're playing inside linebacker, you're, you're supposed to get tackles. But as you say, where are they getting them? I, uh, and, and Kevin says, I'd let him go. He's replaceable. Yeah, I, I would, again, I, I think he's earned his money. Good value. Again, there's a lot of good value on this team. That's why they've been playing really well, despite having half of the, the value on this team is they're playing with half a salary. You know, they're playing with 50%, less than 50% of their available salary cap because it's not available. So it's not, maybe not the, quite the way to put that. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> I think he's been good. I, I would be looking to try an upgrade there. Uh, Damian the Williams running back. Yeah. Uh, it's like, we never saw you. He's at 1.6. I think he got hurt on the first play of the season. Definitely yeah. the first series. Damian Williams running back $1.6 million. See you later. Right. And real uh, quick on Evans. I just want to make one point. I think he's mm -hmm. in a situation where He's a type, you know, the two down thumper, you can find those after the draft. So if you are interested in getting a younger, cheaper 
upward trend player that has more special teams upside than Evans. You know, maybe you can draft one round four or five. Um, that'd be great. And if you don't get that guy, guess what? You can go into that third wave free agency, which is the post draft free agency, and probably find somebody who can fit that niche skill set. That's very much a base package. Come down, play the A gap or B gap side to side run filler. Unless Evans wants to come back for the same contract for cheap. I mean, you, you take cheap guys and that's one less one you have to worry about. But I think you'll probably I could see him getting, you know, two two year contract, four million. Yeah, I mean, he, he can do a job. So yep. someone someone I think he should have a job at the, at next year. It just might not be with the Atlanta Falcons. Damian Williams is a Gonzalez. It's like you were never here. Um, running back, just $1.6 million down the drain, unfortunately. Um, punter, Bradley Pinion. Uh, he's on 1-5. That's fair. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. that's fairly average for a punter. He's been, he's been good. I got no problems with that. Fullback, Keith Smith. He's 30 years old. 1.4 million at the fullback position. Yeah, I, I think you could probably bring him back for cheap without a lot of guaranteed money. And then if you find somebody that you like better there, it doesn't hurt a lot to move on. But this is a scheme that likes the fullback. I don't think Parker Hesse is going to be that kind of player for you. He's more of an you know up back H back type. So um, I think that's probably fine. Um, the fullbacks are somewhat dying out right now. Maybe there's another one that hits the market uh, given it is becoming such a niche position uh that you guys can find an upgrade but i think for super cheap even though he's older i, I don't think it's the worst deal i sign him in a heartbeat keith yeah. smith is a definite bring back for me at 1.4 he still plays a bunch of snaps and he's really really good uh he is cheap and i don't know that you are gonna find an upgrade on him i love the dude keith smith he's coming back for me if someone's gonna have to sign him and say well these guys signed him for seven million okay then you didn't match that but if it's two or under, he better be an Atlanta Falcon next year is, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Eric Harris, uh, 32, will be 33 next year, uh, was a starter last year, came back as a free agent um, because he was a free agent last year, signed a one-year deal, $1.3 million. Probably can find somebody similar. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By, uh, I like his leadership and everything, but he's I, I'll be shocked if he's an Atlanta Falcon next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, left guard, Eli Wilkinson, who's battled some injuries, still just 27 years old, $1.2 million. Love to bring him back. Versatile player. Um, <laughs> you start, you pencil him in at left guard. And let's say in the draft, the by far and away, the best player in the draft there at 10 overall is Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, who's played left tackle, but also played guard. Guess what? You got a guy you can swing four spots, two spots well, but if you have to survive with him at right tackle, especially in the scheme where you protect your guys in the pure dropback sets, I think he could survive there. So definitely. I think that there's a chance though that Wilkinson's gonna have more of a market given how he played and his versatility. I mean, he's been on this is his th- third or fourth team, and he has right tackle experience, guard experience. He looked pretty good out there. Again, like you mentioned, 27 years old. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a, you know, five million dollar, six million dollar over two years per year, um, kind of deal. Um, and Dave says the, the, this offensive line is not as bad as some are making it out to be not as bad. They're ranked like in the top five. Now, when you yeah. talk about McGarry and, and Lindstrom and Matthews are all really good. And Wilkinson's been great when he's in there. And then you, you need a, you need center to play better next year, but this offensive mm-hmm. line has been a revelation. It's been so much better than our wildest dreams. When you look at it compared to last year, knowing the only X, external addition to this team was Eli Wilkinson. I didn't have very good hopes for this team uh, on, on the offensive line and the offensive line has been good. Not just not as bad. It's been good, really and, good. And I to like add to some say context. that, Oh, yeah. Arthur Smith has entered the effort phase of his game plan. Now we're just going to run the dang ball and it works. Yeah. And I do want to add the He's uh, 30 years old. Demir bird 1.2. You can find a Demir Bird on the market. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that he, not that he's he's worth he's worth what you're paying him. I want to pay somebody more to do better. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to take some of that. He's a he's a he's a body out there. Uh, Jermaine Effidi brought in as a right tackle uh, backup. He's thirty one point two. Again, same thing. You're gonna find you can find it another backup tackle if you bring him back for the same contract. That's fine if he wants to get more or something. You rotate him in and out. You, what, not, how much? How much enough? 
How much of the roster turns over every single year? Yeah, like 30 I, I think there's an open roster spot right there that you're trying to upgrade. Again, a lot of these yeah. 1.2s are like veteran minimums where you were yeah. shopping off the Chicago Bears waiver wire. I think, including Jermaine, <laughs> I think you want to spend, you know, you want to turn some of these back end roster guys from 1.2 veteran minimums to 3 million veteran players, you yeah. know, guys that guys that can play. Not just like I've said a zillion times, and I'm only half kidding, shopping off the Chicago Bears waivers. That's where the Atlanta Falcons have been. Uh, before I say this next person, what would you say a ace gunner special teams coverage guy is worth in the NFL? Depends on how much else he can do. Um, really. And it also depends on your team makeup. Uh, if your team that's going to be playing grinded out football and every single yard's counts uh without an explosive offense then maybe you're talking three million a year kind of okay. thing you know michael that's, ford that's... cornerback 27 years old 1.17 that's got to be a vet minimum because there's like five guys here at 1.187 that's got to be a minimum based on service time uh, one michael ford corner 1.18 i think it'd be something where i'm talking maybe you know two and a half three which is a bump up but i'm not gonna be high guarantees because that's a very physical ask position so it's going to be one of those ones, maybe give him a two-year deal, $5.5 million, but almost no guarantees on that back end. Yeah, he is a phenomenal special teams player. He's yeah. not great as a defensive back in coverage. He's okay, but he has been out there and done okay at times And when he's pressed. I don't want to see him out there. I don't. I want Isaiah Oliver. I want – I don't know that it's going to be Casey Hayward coming back. No. Um, you know, I think he's on a multi – he might be on a multi-year deal might be on a two-year deal because he would have been on here as as one of the players in free agency. But I didn't think he would make the roster. And I forget special teams. You know, we don't see special teams that much in the preseason stuff. Michael Ford has been a damned good gunner. You watch Bradley Pinion punt, you're going to see a lot of fair catches because the Predators down there with his dread staring the guy in his face already because he's already whipped his blockers going down as a gunner. So he's been really... Really good. Tight end, Anthony Ferkser, 27.8 um, years old. He's 28 years old. Tight end, one point. Again, these guys are all 1.2. Bye. Uh, you know, it's it's not not the right guy for me. Um, we're, we're getting down to a different name on someone I will re-sign uh, who was coming off an injury and is getting back into it. Vincent Taylor, defensive tackle, 29, 1.2. Nick, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't have told you he was on the team. He's <laughs> one of those guys. You know, that's that's unfortunately, even how close we are to this team, there's always like 10 or 15 guys is like, man, when the hell did they add I him? I, I couldn't I couldn't have told you definitively that he was actually on the team. Yeah. Um, so Vincent Taylor is probably going to be uh walking. Bo Brinkley, long snapper. He's he's 32 years old, 1.1. Yeah, I sign him again. You lost your, they had a long time, long snapper pro bowl. They, that they bounced him on and off the roster for, you know, administrative purposes when they were trying to do this and do that. And finally he, he, he was gone, but long snapper million dollars, a million dollar long snapper um, on a veteran. It's he's been, he's been solid. So bro Brinkley. Yes. Now of the wide receivers that we, we talked about some of these guys, cause they already waived one of them. Uh, who's the guy they got from the, the Raiders. Uh, Braylon Edwards, does that sound yeah. right? Or is that the old Michigan receiver? No, it's, it's Braylon Edwards from South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they already waived him. Brian, they got these, a bunch of they've Brian. got a bunch of cheap guys. Uh, mm -hmm. Daryl Hodge is at one point oh seven. Now he's a guy that is playing like a three or a four. He's not mm -hmm. that much different for me than Alameda Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. He could be my fifth or sixth wide receiver. He's a free agent. I think he's going to get a raise. He's at he's at twenty. He'll be twenty eight years old. I think he's got a. I think he's got a chance to get a raise next year, if not with the Falcons, with somebody. If you're the fourth or fifth wide receiver, you better damn well be cracking dudes in special teams. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a special teams psychopath because of how bad the Broncos are. They're turning me into the special teams version of the Joker. But um, <clears throat> yeah, no, he's he's been playing well. I think that you. I don't think you could bring back Hodge and Zacchaeus. Probably, especially if you're looking to upgrade that spot. Yeah, because there's not enough. There's not enough roster spots. It's not that yeah. they're. Not like, that they're not like worth it, but you need, you're looking for a lot. tier up. I think they're both similar to your different skill sets, but similar tier as far as impact. So uh, let's say I'm going to put you on the spot now since you put me on it. 
Uh, Zacchaeus versus Bird. Who's who he's getting that contract offer if you only can pick one? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Yeah, I, I'd have Zacchaeus. He's got three times the catches, twice the yards. Uh, and it feels like Hodge, it feels Hodge says he only has 12 catches. It just feels like they've been bigger impact catches. Um, maybe it's because he's averaging, you know, 16 and a half. But I, I feel like Hodge has been has had more crucial catches for me. His maybe it's because they pass the ball so infrequently when they throw it downfield and complete it. It's like, oh yeah, it was a big play. But I would consider Hodge as my fifth or sixth receiver, which puts, you know, someone like Frank Darby. But again, I'm I'm looking to bring in a different tier of player next year into camp. And you're going to have yeah. to fight to keep your spot. Anything Nick Kwiatkowski, yeah. linebacker, 30 years old, uh, special teams guy. He's been inactive a lot. I think he's done. Yeah. Uh, now talking about, you know, who's the first guy that, that came in for Pitts, the guy off the bench, acquired from Tennessee, uh, had a gruesome ankle injury almost a year ago is Michael Pruitt, who is still he'll be 31 next year, who's on just one million a year. Give him a two year deal. Bring him in. I'm very curious about how this Falcons team is built going forward. Uh, if they are going to be similar to Tennessee, I'm curious if this is a very 12 personnel heavy team going forward. Let's say the Falcons win a couple more games or round two. I think this is a team that could be interested in a dy another dynamic tight end out there just because of how different you could build your team um, that way, especially with Kyle Pitts. But uh, I, I think you bring Pruitt back. Um, he's been solid out there. He, I think he's stepped up uh, for Kyle Pitts being out. I, uh, I bring him back in a heartbeat. I, yeah. I, I make him one to three. He's a, he's a, I'd offer him, you know, you don't want to bid against yourself. Um, yeah. But I think, I think he's in for a raise next year now that he's healthy. Uh, Jaleel Johnson was practice squatted, waved, come in and he had to start. They, they needed somebody that can play. And he, he not start, but he, he, he immediately came off of waivers and was put onto the 53 and was in the rotation at 1 million. You, you can do better than that. I think he's a practice squad guy at 28 that that's another player who, okay, he's only making a million. What do you expect? I expect I want to pay somebody more than that to be better than him. Um, next year when I've got some money, Colby Gossett, um, 27 years old, he's on a million. He's filled in when necessary. Can you do better as a backup than him in the draft or whatnot? You know, guard, Probably not. Matt Dickerson, 27 years old. No, he's he's not very good. No. Um, interesting one for me, Chuma Adoga. He's still only 25. He's from Powder Springs, which, Nick, you don't know the area around here, but that's about 40 minutes from the Dome. Um, you know, so he's, he's a local kid, went out and played at USC. And he's just 25 years old. Got a start and did okay. The, the Falcons had a rotation at left guard when uh, when Wilkinson wasn't playing well, and Adoga was one of those guys. Been banged up a little bit, but I'd be willing to give him another cheap contract and see what he can do. I think you'd love to have him back. I think he's going to look to walk. I think that he's shown enough and has enough pedigree that if you pay Lindstrom, you pay uh, Matthew, you keep Matthews, you pay McGarry, I think he's going to look for an area that has, I think, more of an avenue to cracking the lineup. Uh, given his age and still potential upside. But if you can get him back, I'd, that'd, that'd be great. All right, here's my guy that I'm definitely bringing back because he's earned it. Abdullah Anderson, who was a 53-man cut and now is starting for this team, which is what I said. You know, I, when, when they cut him, I'm like, okay, the 53-man cuts are in, including one surprise cut. Abdullah Anderson should have been on this team initially. Cleared waivers, practice squad, elevated. He's starting. Yeah. Um I don't necessarily want him as a starter, but as a $900,000, 27-year-old, move him to 1-5 and have him be a rotational piece and a six-man rotation on the front three? Yes, please. Won't argue. <laughs> He's been yeah. solid. He's definitely a step down from Graham, but Graham is a starting quality guy out there. I saw and somebody I mention Graham can play inside. You can put Abdul in at the at the nose. Yeah. Yep. You know, when, I you're, think when you're in 3-4. Graham's a, Graham's a 3-4 end. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a four, three defensive tackle when you go, when you go into a, a four, four man front, but you can put Abdullah, uh, Anderson in at, at nose yep. and do a job. Now here's a guy who's in for a race. As far as I'm concerned, pending free agent. Okay. This is, ex and, and you might be able to explain this one a little bit for me. And Abdullah Anderson's a restricted free agent. Um, an exclusive rights free agent is running back Caleb Huntley. Um, he's going nowhere. He's, Super cheap, seven hundred thousand. He's good, Nick. He's a good running back. 
It's not even a conversation. If he's an exclusive rights free agent, he's going nowhere. Restricted free agent, you have different tenders that you can put on. Talking about uh, Abdullah Anderson, you might consider giving him a a contract instead of the second round tender uh, because of how many people are actually going to look to sign him for over the second year tender or second round tender. I'd we'd have to see what the numbers are, but exclusive rights free agent. The options are essentially we offer you this tender. You either sign it or you retire from football. <laughs> if we offer you the, the so, tender. So it's like exclusive rights, free agent. There's nothing free agent about this. This is, no. you have one, you've basically it's a team been option. drafted. It's a this team is, option. You're, you're still on a draft contract. This is yep. a, a one year draft where yep. you can either sit out the year or play for us. Yep. Not even, okay, I don't well, think Caleb Huntley's think, coming yeah. back and I love the way Caleb, I love this running back room. Now, again, um, and, and, and it may have been Chris or Kevin that mentioned it earlier. Also, you're, you're going to have to shop for another running back. I think, um, I don't want, I don't want Cordero Patterson touching the ball 20 times a game. Mm-hmm. I just don't, you know, he's getting older and I like having him as the X factor, not as the, the, the number one factor. Um, and then finally, Rashad Fenton. I think that was the guy they got on trade deadline. I didn't realize he was just young. He's 25 years old, uh, unrestricted free agent. He hasn't played very well. Um, he might get an invite to camp as part of the 90, but um, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, yep. Chris says, Huntley needs to stay. Running back talent hasn't been solid this year since, since, since Michael Turner. Before they ran him into the crown, at least. Yeah, Michael Turner was, was really really good so that puts us right at one hour nice timing Mm -hmm. nick but as you see there's some players in here that i can say we that i would want the falcons to move on from but not through any fault of their own that were on this who've done a good job and helped make the falcons competitive this year but are on the roster because the falcons couldn't afford anybody else and it's it'll be up to them you can invite almost 100 players in it'll be up to them to keep their spots uh, to get camp invites. And, the, and it's been a showcase for a lot of these guys with the one-year deals that Kaderil Hodge, uh, Demir Bird, um, Rashawn Evans, uh, let's see, who, who are some of these? Elijah Wilkinson. They've played themselves into big races. Mm-hmm. They have. They've played yeah. themselves into big races with the opportunity to come to Atlanta and play a lot. And it, it's it's good for them. We should see that happen, but there's going to be, Nick, a lot of new faces on the 53 next year with $200 million instead of $98 million and, you know, eight or nine new draft picks. Yep. And the big question comes down. I mean, it's again, it's the elephant in the room. What are the Falcons doing at quarterback? Because if it's Ritter, you have unbelievable amount of flexibility in cap room. If it's trade for somebody, not only are you losing cost-controlled rookies coming in, but you're probably paying big money for somebody. If you're drafting somebody, it's not as cost-controlled as Ritter, but you know it's a different kind of swing and chance. So we'll see what happens. I think the Falcons are going to be doing, especially if you're picking top 10. Even I think Ritter would have to play unbelievable to not consider the quarterback room, and I think even still you'd have to do due diligence because you took him in the third round. That, was, that evaluation to draft him in the third round is going to weigh more than anything he does over these four final games, just the reality of the situation or how teams team build. Um, but that's going to be the biggest question of what you do. Cause you do have a lot of cap room building around a traded Lamar Jackson, totally different finances right. than building around 10th overall pick Anthony Richardson right. Levis, then, or Ritter. Then every resource you have goes into the defense <laughs> Yeah, because I've already got my two receivers and I've got a good offensive line. And I've got cheap running backs. Now my any available resources after the fact are going into defense if I go get Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I could see you still go after another playmaker. Um, I know. Just, you know, yeah. exaggerating a little bit. But you know yep. what I mean? Yep, 100%. So on that note, I think we're going to get out of here. Uh, it's a bye week coming up. So the next time you will see us, well, Nick and I will be back on Broncos for Breakfast at Mile High Huddle YouTube uh, tomorrow morning on Thursday at uh, 9.30 Eastern time. But we'll be back on Monday after the bye to talk about some of the happenings and are the Falcons in last place? Yeah. <laughs> they they were about three seconds away from being, you know, a game out of first or a top 10 pick. Actually, it would have moved up to nine if the Saints hadn't blown that game. Yeah, real quick, Chris Walker's comment, Huntley needs to stay running back talent hasn't been solid since Michael Turner. I seem to remember, I cannot remember the name of the running back, but you had Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. Freeman. That was a damn good pair. That was a good so, one-two punch. Yeah. Yeah, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman was a good one-two punch. 
they made, again, Thomas Dimitrov gave a second contract to Devontae Freeman that made him the highest paid running back in the NFL at one point. That was the mistake. And he fell but, off a cliff. Yep. I'm okay paying running backs big money, a second contract, if it's like a, a one-year contract with an option. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's like... Yeah, one, like yeah job, one-year deals. A yeah. series of one-year deals. We'll we'll give you 12 this year and see where it goes next year. We're going to give you we're going to give you a 5-year $60 million contract with 12 guaranteed. Okay, that's a one-year $12 million deal. Yep. That's when you get killed. Um so like it's the Ezekiel Elliott contract uh essentially. So if you can give Yeah, uh, but that, that was a that was cuz Tevin Coleman was good. That was a good one-two punch for about 3 years. I'd have to look it back up, but that that was that was a, a solid. And and unfortunately, Devontae Freeman is uh, talked about as much about for whiffing on blocks in the Super Bowl um, there. Yep. Uh, there AC1D10 says, uh, hey, I caught you guys before you signed off. Well, appreciate you being here. Thanks for saying, hey, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe. Uh, if you haven't already, I have to go back and watch it at the beginning, though. Have a great day, guys. Yeah, this will be a, a good episode that works well on demand um, because it's it's not – it's we call this evergreen where this – going through these free agents, this will still be relevant in two weeks, in three weeks, as opposed to something that just lasts a preview that lasts for a couple of days. And Rich coming in, this is good morning, folks, from Anchorage, Alaska. Gracious. Definitely cold. And it's early there, that's for sure. He says it's Ritter time. I think it is. I think it is. You got 10 days, 11 days to get ready. And, And I think it was Chris says, let me see if I can find it. I hadn't seen it, but in the promo... For the uh, for the game, they put him in there. Uh, let me see. He says, we may already have been given a clue by the team. I don't think they would have let Ritter in the FedEx Christmas promotional video uh, if they weren't high on Ritter. Just saying. <clears throat> good look. Good good clue. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good shout, Chris. Uh, any last words before we get out of here? God, I'm so ready for the draft. Is it April yet? <laughs> just, just wake me up when it's April. I got I'm ready be, for I'm free gonna... agency. I mean, the team building for this team is going to be a blast. It is. It's going to be a blast this 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 off season. I'm less excited for free agency because the Broncos are limited, and I'm not sure how you desirable your horizons, man. <sighs> you're right. You're right. You're right. But uh, yeah, no, I'm excited and uh, happy Wednesday. Hopefully, uh, everyone has a good rest of your day, and uh, we'll see you again tonight for the the Broncos. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and, and then for, for, for Falcons fans, if you don't want to watch us talk Broncos, um, then we will see you Monday morning as we reflect and talk about draft position, see where that's changed, reflect on the, the comings and goings, and hopefully lead into, as practice, Ritter could have been running with the ones by now. We'll see. So appreciate everybody being here. Uh, we will see you Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. So until then, everybody have a great week and a great weekend.